How do you feel about tests? Most of us don't like taking tests. And yet, it's a fact of life. Rockville Radio 7.77 is on the web. Each podcast, we bring you interviews and music with a goal of lifting up the name above all names, Jesus, the rock of our salvation. Straight from the Rockville Radio 7.77 studio here in Southern California. I still think about the tests that I took when I was a kid in grammar school. Uh, The school that I went to was a little Catholic elementary school called St. Joseph's. And uh, in early on, I don't remember which grade, probably first grade because that's where they started, you would take this test called the Iowa test. It was a standardized, it was a standard test that was given to our school, all the kids in the school. And you would take that test. It was very difficult to go through. You had to endure it. As a child, first of all, you don't like putting up with tests, but these Iowa tests were always uh, several days long, if I remember right. And then you'd forget about it until the results came back. And then you could see how good or how poor you, poorly you did. Unfortunately, uh, I always remember the graph on mine looked pretty much like a flat line. <laughs> it didn't look like Mount Everest. There were some kids in the class, I'm sure, that it probably looked like Mount Everest with them. But um, mine always was just pretty much the same line straight across as the rest of the horizontal lines that measured your results. So, testing is a part of life. um, And we're going to be looking at that today, specifically what the Bible talks about. So, let's uh, say a word of prayer. Lord, I want to ask you to forgive me for my sins. I pray you bless the podcast today and the listeners and um, that uh, everyone would understand a little bit better what you have to say about tests, which are a part of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Florida. I'm looking, I'm looking right now at a thing that I found online that says that a Florida elementary school gave students three tablespoons of Mountain Dew and some trail mix before state standardized tests for years until a student's grandmother complained and the principal said research found those particular foods helped live, lift students' scores. Other classrooms hand out peppermints, citing a study at the University of Cincinnati that found the smell of peppermint makes students more alert and focused. Well, you know, no matter how you try to dull the pain, or no matter how you try to, much you try to improve the results, a test is a test. That I think you, you would agree with me on that. I know, I've mentioned this before, that I used to be a teacher. I'm a retired history teacher. That was pretty much one of the last areas I worked in. And I do remember the standard standardized tests that we had to give at our school. And we had that same thing where we would try to hand out granola bars, trail mix, um, little boxes with the, the juice in there. The, the one thing that we did not do that we could have done would have been to get the kids up and run them around the outside of the school 
or the inside there in the quad and then have them take the test because that is shown, if I'm not mistaken on that one, uh, increasing the blood flow uh, to your brain, supposedly that helps you when you take a test. Let's look at how God can help us when we face the tests of life and uh, how we should rely on Him. I want to look at some things here from the Bible. First of all, the first example I want to look at is a king. His name was Hezekiah. He's in the Old Testament. So, if you have a Bible and you want to take a look at some of these things that I'm going to be reading, you can go where I'm uh, referring to. So, the first example here is that God may test you in your ability to be a wise and faithful steward of the things that he's given you. So, so God, can te- God may test you, first of all, in uh, the way that you handle the gifts that he's given you, the belongings that you have, the valuables that, that have come to you by way of his blessings, the things that you own, the things that you've had the, the really good fortune and the blessing, really not fortune, but really the blessing from him of being the owner of. So, 2 Chronicles 32, 27, we meet a king named Hezekiah, who was the king of Judah in Old Testament times, and this is how the Lord tested him. He tested him with his property. And it says right here in verse 27, Now, Hezekiah had immense riches and honor, and he made for himself treasuries for silver, gold, precious stones, spices, shields, and all kinds of valuable articles. Storehouses also for the produce of grain, wine, and oil, pens for all kinds of cattle, and sheepfolds for the flocks. And he made cities for himself, and acquired flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him, if you, if you get that right there, God had given him very great wealth. It was Hezekiah who stopped the upper outlet of the waters of Gihon and directed them to the west side of the city of David, and Hezekiah prospered in all that he did. Now, here here is the test. Verse 31, And even in the matter of the envoys of the rulers of Babylon who sent to him to inquire of the wonder that had happened in the land, God left him alone only to test him that he might know all that was in his heart. So, Hezekiah was a person who had tremendous wealth. And God tested him with that wealth that he had given him when these foreigners came from Babylon. And Hezekiah, what does he do? Instead of just keeping it a secret, the, the, main, the uh, treasures that God had blessed him with, he goes ahead and he takes the Babylonians on a tour, on a guided tour. And he gives them the opportunity to see all the things that later on, when Babylon invades Judah... They'll take all, they take all of that stuff with them, and they capture it, and they take it back to Babylon. Why? Because Hezekiah made the mistake of being very foolish with what God had given him. He didn't value it. Instead, he let these guys, who he didn't even know, they were strangers, they came in, uh, he let them take their tape measures and their camera phones and clipboards and so that they can take an inventory. They took inventory of everything. They, they, uh, in other words, they took a mental inventory of everything they saw because they knew later on they would, when they invaded, 
it would all belong to them. So that's how God tested Hezekiah with what he had given him, with what Hezekiah had owned. And he can test me and you that same way. Are we being faithful with what God has given us? I have to honestly answer no. I'm not always faithful with what God gives me, and I need to be. And this speaks to me right here, that I can be tested in that way because I can lose all those blessings that God gives me. And so, when I'm tested that way, I need to make sure that I pass that particular test right there. Number two, God may test an entire group that you happen to be hanging out with all of you at the same time. So, sometimes he doesn't just test you as an individual. He might test the entire group that you're hanging around with or the entire group that you belong to. If we look at Deuteronomy, we'll look over here at Deuteronomy now. And Deuteronomy chapter 8, we're going to be looking at the children of Israel And they were told that God had taken care of them in the desert for 40 years. And the Bible says that the Lord did that to humble them and to um, test them to do good for them in the end, in the conclusion um, of their journeys through the wilderness. So, we see right here in Deuteronomy 8, 16, as I mentioned, I'm going to read that for you. And it says right here, In the wilderness he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. Otherwise you may say in your heart, My power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. And it shall come about that if you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you to uh, today that you shall surely perish. So, they were tested for 40 years as they went through the wilderness. And 40, as many pastors will tell you, that is the number of testing. And you see that over and over again. Jesus was tested for 40 days in in the wilderness at the beginning of the book of Matthew. Noah, uh, when he went into the ark, he stayed in the ark longer than 40 days, of course, but I believe if you looked at that, and that's, excuse me, while I looked that up quickly for you, I believe, yeah, it does say, and the rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. That was uh, Noah in the ark um, when it started to rain. So, The children of Israel, the Israelites were tested in the desert, in the wilderness. And uh, as it it says in Deuteronomy, as we just read the account of that, it was to humble them and that uh, so that the Lord could do good for them in the end, so that they would not be prideful and arrogant and they would not think that they made it through all that, but they would realize that the Lord brought them through what Uh, the trial they were going through. And the same is true for us. We've got to remember the same thing, to be humble and to remember that in the end, and I I love that right there, it's Deuteronomy 8.18, 
that we need to remember God because it is He who gives us the power to make wealth. You know, when we go through a time of unemployment, a time of financial hardship, when we finally come through that and we get a job and we become prosperous, we need to remember that's not us. We, we, we are never uh, able to say that we did something without God's help. Now, I want to look at one of the tests that is mo- one of the most difficult tests there is that God can put you through is the test to see if you love someone or something else more than him. Now, you may already know what I'm talking about here. It's Genesis chapter 22. In Genesis chapter 22, this is the test that is, uh, it's quite difficult because when people or things that you love are involved in that, it can become a very difficult test. And so, the test that I'm talking about here, the example is when God tested Abraham. And it says in Genesis 22, Verse 1, now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him, offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which the Lord God had told him. Abraham waited. Abraham and Sarah had to wait, I believe it's 25 years they waited for their, their son who God had promised them when they were somewhere around in their 70s. But by the time Isaac was born, they were closer to 100. I think Abraham maybe was even 100. And so here was this son that they had waited all of these years for, and God tested Abraham to see who he loved more. Did he love this son more than he loved God? And. Uh, you can be tested, I can be tested in this same area because God can be looking to see if we love someone or something else more than him. But Abraham, what a beautiful example. The Bible, as I just read to you, says that he, he rose early in the morning. So early on the morning of his test, he got up and he did and he went about preparing, making the preparations with Isaac exactly as the Lord told him. And he went to that spot and he began to uh, place, the, place the wood there, place his son Isaac on the wood, and he, began, and he prepared to kill his own son to offer him as a sacrifice. At that last moment, of course, as you may know, God spared his son and provided for him a, a, a ram in the uh, nearby, and that became the sacrifice. So that would be an extremely difficult test to go through also. So looking at it again, back to the beginning, I, I was telling you that 
God can test you in your ability to handle money and property. He can test you. Secondly, he can test you with an entire group that you are associated with to see how the whole group responds. Or he can test you, like we just read right here. The third way is in your relationships with other people or with things that you might possibly give greater value than God. What is the bottom line? What's the bottom line in all of this? Well, there are, that's not all the tests there are. The Bible talks about other ways other people have, were tested. Joseph, um, who became the father of Jesus, was tested when he was told to take Mary as his wife, and she was pregnant with a child. Daniel was tested. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were tested. Joseph was tested. Joseph, I'm talking about the Joseph who was of the 12 tribes of Israel, the Joseph who got sold into slavery and went into Egypt and later would become the governor of Egypt under the Pharaoh. Joseph was tested a couple of ways, a couple of very difficult ways. One of them was with Potiphar's wife. Another one was by being in the dungeon of a prison. Paul and Silas were tested in the uh, prison they were in. Um, you heard me mention Mary and Joseph, and Mary, Mary was tested. So, on and on and on goes the list of people who were tested. But again, what is the bottom line? Well, the bottom line is this, that God will test your faith. Now, I forget that. I tend to, I really tend to forget it, and uh, I should not. Um, a friend of mine once, I was having a difficult time. As I mentioned, I was a teacher. Had a difficult, well, there were many difficult days, but there was one particular difficult period of time I was going through, and I w- went to lunch. Our school, the last school I was at, The campus was right next door to the local community college campus, but the local community college campus had an area that was a fish hatchery. It was a trout farm, and many people would go there, park there, and have their lunch there, and I I was one of them that would do that quite often. On this particular day when I was pretty much very down about things, I was walking across the parking lot, and I saw a very familiar face, a friend of mine, kind of told him, how I was kind of bummed out, and he, he I remember right off the bat, he just said, uh, you know, I think God's testing you, he told me. And, um, and he was right. He was right. There were many times God tested my faith when I was a teacher in that profession. And that is the bottom line. So, we can, we can understand that a little bit more clearly by looking at what the Apostle Peter said in the New Testament and if you go over to 1 Peter 1, six, and 1 Peter 1, beginning with verse 6, uh, we have to sometimes suffer briefly through various kinds of trials, but these are just so God, will te- God can test our faith, and he considers our faith, as it says right here, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it for you, talking about trials and testing. In verse 7 of 1 Peter 1, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, 
may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Let's read that again. Let's read it again. That your faith, of greater, which is of greater worth than gold, and gold here on earth is the most precious metal there is, and, and the Bible says, which perishes even though refined by fire, your faith, it's talking about, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ, when Jesus Christ is revealed. So God deeply values your faith, and so should you and I. And so when our faith is tested, it's only so that God can prove that it's genuine and real. And we make it through the tests with his help. Unlike when I took those standardized tests when I was a child, there was nobody that was going to whisper the answers to me. And if I got caught looking at a book or something like that, if I hid a book under my desk and tried to take a look at it, if, if a, one of the teachers caught me, I would have been instantly in huge trouble. So, but unlike that, unlike those tests, God is there to help us through the test. Any, every test that we face, He can help us through. We have to ask Him. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and um, you don't have a relationship with him, that doesn't stand, that's not true for you. you are all, you're pretty much on your own when it comes to taking a test in life, whatever that test may be. Maybe a, maybe a test of your, uh, a, your, the area that may be tested might be, your health might be tested, your finances might be tested, relationships might be tested. But if you want God's help, no matter how difficult those tests are, you need to have Jesus in your life. So, in order to do that, just in order to do that, just say this prayer, Lord Jesus, I want to uh, ask you now to forgive me for my sins. I want to give my life to you. I want you to be with me when I go through the most difficult tests life can throw at me. And even right now, as many people are being tested right now all around the world, I want you, during this particular time, to stand with me and to help me get through this period of testing that the entire world is going through. In Jesus' name, amen.